Blog Talk Radio.
What I'd like you to do is to find the one that you want to attend and then go ahead and register for it. Every week I tell you guys that our lives, a lot of times, are filled up by uh, by things we wish we would have done, things we could have done, should have done, and don't let this be one of those. Let's uh, let's get this to the top of your schedule and uh, get it implemented and get tend to course <laughs> and. Uh, and I also want to tell you guys that uh, if you haven't heard of the Appleseed Project before, the Appleseed Project is a it's a nationwide, grassroots, uh, all-volunteer, not-for-profit organization. And uh, everyone involved in the program is a volunteer. Everyone uh, came to the prog- program in, a, in about the same way. They either heard of it uh, somewhere online in a forum or something or uh, or they uh, they saw a flyer somewhere or something and they attended an event and they were very pleased with, uh, with what they saw there. And they decided that they felt that they could do their part uh, in helping the nation by uh, becoming an Appleseed Project instructor and helping with the program. You don't have to become an instructor. You don't have to be uh, on the line teaching. There's a lot of other ways that you can become involved in the program. You can help with promotions. You can help with uh, administrative stuff. You can help by finding ranges and getting them signed up. There's plenty of things that we really need help with, and uh, we really need you to. Uh, we really need you to. Uh, we need your help. All right. We need a. We now we need a lot of help with the project, as big as it's getting, and we're depending on the uh, on Americans, on American citizens, to help us out with the project. All right. Uh, if you want more information about this, you can go to the website. That's rwva.org, and. Uh, on the top where the tabs are, look all the way to the right-hand side, you'll see one that says uh, contact. And you can send uh, con- you can send questions, general questions, you can send to the uh, uh, info at appleseed.org, or you can, uh, if you have specific questions that you'd like to get answered by somebody in your state, then you can look at the state listings and send a letter to your state uh, Appleseed representative. And... Uh, We'll be glad to answer any questions you have and do everything we can to help get you started in the Appleseed program. Now, one more thing I want to tell you is that uh, a lot of people think that the Appleseed Project, uh, well, they don't know what it is. They have no real idea what it is. If it's uh, a competition or if it's some kind of uh, uh, homegrown militia thing, or they just don't know what it is. Well, I'll tell you what it is. It, uh, plain and simple, it is a rifle marksmanship and American heritage uh, instructional weekend. Uh, we don't do any politics there. We don't do any training as far as uh, training implying that we're going to teach you something to do at a future date, no kind of hinky military stuff, anything like that. It's uh, simply a very, uh, it's actually very casual. 
very very friendly uh, group of folks that have gotten together, and they're going to spend the day uh, teaching you the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship, and at the same time, they're going to teach you a, a bit about the history of our nation. We're going to start by telling you about April 19, 1775. That's the day that our nation was born. We're going to tell you about why that date's important, how the events that led up to that date got there. Uh, we'll tell you who was involved, uh, what they did, why they did it. We'll talk to you about the founder's vision for this nation and uh, maybe ask you a few things that that as a nation that we're living up to that vision. And if we're not, maybe you can help us how figure out how to get the uh, how to get this nation back up to snuff. All right, because that's what we need from you. And when I talk to you about Appleseed being uh, a fundamentals program, don't confuse that with Appleseed being a basics program or a baby program or a, or a rifle program with training wheels, because it's none of those. No matter where you go in your shooting path, no matter where it takes you, you will have to have the fundamentals in order to make the shot. Yeah, there's no other way around it. There's nothing else that will that is going to help you unless you have some kind of a magic uh, charm or something or a special rabbit's foot that will have you make the shots. Unless you have that, you're going to have to use the fundamentals to make the shot. And the fundamentals are it's a very simple uh, group of things. And, and this program is not based on something that we uh, – that we dreamed up as some kind of experiment, and we said, hey, let's let's try this out on a, on a bunch of test monkeys and see if they do any good at it. What we're using are the same skills and techniques that have been passed down through 500 years of firearms usage, billions of fired rounds. All we've done is we've uh, we've trimmed off all the fat, all the excess, and we're going to give it to you in a basic uh, if we can if we can make turn a paragraph into one sentence and that's what we're going to do. We're going to give you the one sentence and we're going to ask you to get down and implement that skill or that technique and try it out, try the shot. That's what we're going to do over the whole weekend. Uh, we're going to uh, teach you from the ground up. That means we're going to teach you the uh, uh, the the fundamentals of preparing a stable shooting position of uh, just move this stuff out of the way I've got uh, my, usually I don't have my call screener sitting right next to me and I don't know that he's going to ask me to do any call screens tonight but he's he's here helping me out I've got uh, Kirby, Scuzzy from the forum he's here helping me out uh, tonight and uh, we've got the dueling computer screens going here Anyway, uh, we're going to teach you how to build a stable shooting position. And we're going to teach you to execute the shot by the six steps. Uh, we're going to teach you sling use and uh, 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 inches, minutes, and clicks, how they pertain to your rifle. That means that we're going to talk to you about, uh, and when you get it, we're going to have you zero your rifle in. Uh and make sure that you've got a good zero on it before you start. So you don't have to worry about zeroing your rifle beforehand. We're going to we're going to show you how to do that, and we're going to explain to you the fundamentals of it. 
about how you do it and what it means to zero your rifle and what inches, minutes, and clicks mean. You know, inches is what's on your target. You know, you have uh, so many inches either from the target or from one bullet hole to the next. Minutes is the actual uh, geometric uh, configuration of uh, of the angle from your shooting position to the target and what the what the angle is going to be. Clicks is what you actually put on your rifle. So IMC, inches, minutes, and clicks, is really simply a translation problem, right? You're going to take minutes, I mean uh, inches, which is what you have on your paper. You're going to translate it into minutes, and then you're going to translate the minutes into clicks, and you're going to put the clicks on your rifle. So that's all you're doing. It's a translation problem. And it sounds like a bunch of magic and voodoo, but it's not. Uh, it's very, uh, it's a very fundamental, very easy uh, thing to understand. We're going to talk to you about that there. We're going to talk to you about the rifleman's dance, uh, about the rifleman's bubble. Uh, and, you know, I always hear folks telling me, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I'd like to go to an apple seed, but you know, I hear that all you guys do is you shoot at 25 meters, you know. What the heck? 25 meters, what good is that? Well, I'll tell you what good it is. Uh, 25 meters, once you zero your rifle to 25 meters, you also have your battle sight zero. That means you're also zeroed, uh, depending on the caliber that you're using, you have at least a battle sight zero. Uh, for if you're using a 308 or a 30 caliber rifle, usually you're zeroed out to about 250. Uh, if you have... Uh, uh, a, a 223 type rifle, then you're usually zeroed out to around uh, 275, 300. You know, depending on your uh, on your rifle, the ammunition you're using, barrel length, etc. So that's what 25 meter does. Not only that, but it allows us to shoot, to teach a certain skill or technique, shoot it, and then get down there and back very quickly. So <clears throat> that's what that does. You can get down there, you can get the information, get back very quickly. And uh, also, for you folks that uh, are still thinking that uh, 25 meters is too easy, I don't know if you really thought about it before or not, but 25 meters is uh, 82 feet. And, uh, and I've been doing apple seed a long time, and I've been showing it to thousands of shooters, and I have yet to come across somebody, maybe one or two folks were really close, I have yet to come across, uh, out of those thousands, come across anybody who could walk up to the line and put 10 shots in 60 seconds into a postage stamp at 82 feet. I, I, now, I, I know that there are folks out there that can do it, I, I have no doubt that there are folks out there that can do it. But I've yet to run across any of apple seeds. I have folks all the time telling me, hey, man, I don't need the, uh, I don't need that stuff. And I'll tell you, I've heard every excuse in the world. Uh, some of them were, I was in the military, so I don't need that. Listen, I was in the military. I was in the military for six years. And And until the very end, until the very end of those six years when I'd managed to worm myself as far as I could into the special ops uh, branches without being forced to uh, re-enlist again, uh, 
I didn't get any rifle marksmanship training, so I don't know what they're talking about as being in the military. It just meant that you had a rifle. It doesn't mean that, you, that anybody told you, showed you how to to use it. All the way to folks telling me, uh, uh, I, I, I don't need to do that because my son is a sniper in the Marine Corps. That's great. Uh, that's great. If your son is a sniper in the Marine Corps, that's great. But I, I don't know what that does. I don't. I, I told him I didn't know what that did for him. Okay. So, uh, and, and here's another thing. You know, we we when you come to an apple seed, what we'll do, we'll, we're going to give you the safety briefing. We're going to talk to you about apple seeds, stuff like that. Then we're going to uh, uh, we're going to have you shoot the Redco targets without any instruction. The regular targets are four targets, uh, actually five targets that you're going to shoot. You shoot three rounds at each target, and uh, and we're just going to see uh, how you did, how good you did. Because you need to have three rounds in each target to be considered a shooter at that distance. So what we have is we have the one, two, three, and four hundred simulated, uh, one, two, three, and four hundred meter simulated targets, and you're shooting them from the 25 meter line. And for you to be considered a 100-yard shooter, that means you can hit what you aim at 100 yards. You need to have three rounds in that 100-yard silhouette and three in the two if you're going to be considered a 200-yard silhouette and on and on. And out of the thousands of shooters that I've uh, that I've instructed, very, very few got past uh, the 100. Even fewer got past the 200. Almost uh, is very seldom that anybody gets uh, three and four. Uh, they might. Uh, I'm not saying that it's not going to happen because uh, it could very well happen, but it is very seldom. So uh, I challenge you. I challenge you to uh, to come to an apple seed rifle marksmanship weekend and clean the red coat. That means shoot uh, shoot to rifleman standards on the red coat target, uh, or shoot the AQT and uh, score a 210 or above on the AQT at 25 meters. It's just, uh, it's not an easy thing to do. We've got a couple of callers here, and I'm waiting for uh, Trey Tuggle to call him. Trey Tuggle is our guest tonight. He is uh, the head of the uh, NRA Tactical Rifle Program. And uh, we're really we're really lucky to be having one tonight to talk about that. But uh, I'm going to check and see if one of these numbers might be him. Uh, <clears throat> all right, area code uh, five four zero. Welcome to the show. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> all right. Well, Trey, I was looking. I I was looking. You, for you're looking for my cell phone number, right? Seven zero three numbers, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I called from the house phone. Figured to have better connection. Okay. Well, great. Well, sorry I had you hold on for so long. And welcome to the show, Mr. Tuggle. It's all good, man. Uh, I'm 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 glad to be here and uh, excited to talk about guns and shooting and stuff because it's my passion. So, well, we we you and I have talked quite a bit over the last couple of years, and uh, and you have done uh, really a fantastic job with uh, with what they handed you at the NRA <laughs> and. Uh, and let's talk. Uh, let's talk for just a couple of seconds. Let, let folks uh, 
know who you are, uh, uh, like uh, you know where you grew up, and uh, and All what right. kind of a uh, what kind of relationship you had like with firearms growing up, your family life, and stuff like that. Well, um, I, I I didn't come. I, I tell people I didn't have a coming to Jesus moment with firearms. I grew up around them. Uh, my daddy right. was a hunter safety instructor since I was three years old. And I'm 42 years old now, so uh, my dad's been our safety instructor for a long time in Louisiana. Uh, you know, I, I I was holding guns. My dad's got a picture of me holding a revolver when I was probably less than one, you know. Uh, not that oh I was shooting gosh. it, you know, let's get real. But <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, let's right. take but a funny picture with like the kid, you know. With our current, uh, you know, our current uh, attitudes and stuff, uh, you know, that's uh, the kind of photographs today that would get your dad arrested. You know? Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But I don't see anything wrong with it personally. So. But you've been you've been shooting your whole life. You've been around firearms your whole life, which is actually it's a, it's the best way, uh, I think, for a person to to grow up. Uh, it's no different than than any other uh, anything else that you grew up with, uh, driving a car or, or anything else. And and like you said, having a uh, having growing up with a background uh, in that is is very important. And uh, I did the same thing when I grew up. I grew up rurally, and I've been shooting. Uh, I've been shooting since beyond my memory. And yeah, so did everybody else in my family. So did all my neighbors, uh, not yeah. just guys, girls too. Yeah, one thing and, uh, uh, you and I are fortunate. I believe. I mean, you grew up with them. I grew up with them. Uh, your your daddy probably taught you. My daddy taught me. My uncles worked with me. You know, I shot with my cousins. You probably have the same kind of thing. A lot of folks nowadays do not have that opportunity. Um, we grew up in a faster paced life with, you know, everybody lives in a city in a neighborhood and uh, video games and you know soccer games to go to and stuff and all that's great. There's nothing wrong with that, but. They don't have the same opportunities that you and I did. Right, right. And, and see, I still live rurally. And here's one of the things that frightens me, and I'm sure it does you too, is the kids that live out here rural, they still live out in that. There's no reason they can't be out hunting and shooting and stuff like that, but they're not. Most of yeah. them have never touched a rifle and stuff like that. And here's the problem with that, that uh, you got a 10-year-old kid that's never touched a firearm, now, you let that go on for another uh, eight years, and guess what? Now, that kid that has never touched a firearm, now he's he's eligible to vote. And if there's some kind of uh, some kind of vote that comes on that requires folks to have an understanding uh, and a and a knowledge of firearms so that they can help defend our rights, that they have no dog in that hunt. They've never oh. shot; they could care less. Absolutely. I mean that that is. That is so absolutely true, and I mean, you know, my kids have got friends, and and I try to encourage them to invite their friends to the range with us. Um, you know, I take kids constantly out, and it's the first time they ever shot a gun, and I don't put you know something big and bad in their hands. I, you know, get get a twenty two out and let them let them uh, shoot something like a little uh, plinker, you know. Uh, great fun. Everybody gets to see the reactions behind it, you know, and it's it's a start, you know. Plant the seed. Right, and that's one of the things that we're trying to do with the uh, Diabolese Project is make sure that we're drawing as many folks and families 
and children as we can so that they'll get that. I even got all the uh, the school teachers and stuff at my kids' school shooting and uh, and the uh, the classmates and stuff too because because I'm afraid that someday and like I said I know you guys are too because that's one of your guys' main gigs is the defense of the Second Amendment is that uh, someday soon there's going to be enough folks that have never laid a hand on a firearm. They look at a firearm just like they look at a rattlesnake, and uh, yeah. they're going to be in trouble. Yeah, they, I, I was talking just like that with somebody the other day, and I said, it's not a snake. It will not get up off the floor and bite you, you know. Um, a snake would, but this thing is inert. It just sits there. You have to control it, you know. Uh, therefore, it's as safe as you are, you know. Um, and I think they, they understood that analogy, you know. Well, so you, so you've grown up that way, and uh, and I also wanted to let folks know uh, that uh, you're a veteran. You spent time in the armed forces, and uh, not just uh, not just any part, but uh, but you were a Navy SEAL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a uh, that was, and it was some of the best times of my life. Uh, at you know. That that group is such a dedicated and special group. Um, there's there's just nothing like it. Um, new movie coming out tomorrow. I'm going to throw a pitch for it. I've got nothing to do with it, but that new SEAL movie's coming out, and I, I am uber anxious to get out there and see it because you know it's got my brothers in it. There's actual Navy SEALs that that helped film it. And uh, yeah, I was wondering how that they did that because uh, normally. And, you know, I, in the, I worked in the military in the latter half of the six years I was in. Uh, I worked a great deal with special ops. And, yeah. uh, and normally there's like, you don't even, you don't, you don't say anybody's name. Yeah. You don't uh, take any photographs of them. Nothing. I'm yeah. wondering if these are guys that are like, uh, uh, they were on their, they were getting ready to uh, ETS or something. They were in their last couple of months and they decided to go ahead and do the movie. Wacky kind of like thing is, service agents where you don't, you know, they can't be yeah. photographed or they, you know, they can't uh, be out in the field work anymore. Well, as you know, I mean, special operations guys, whether it's Navy, Army, Marine Corps, Air Force, whatever, um, they're all secret servants. I mean, that's what they do. They, they, they don't want accolades for what they do. Um, you know, most of the time they'll almost lie to you about what they do. You know, it's just like, uh, I'm just a Navy guy or whatever. You know, I'm an Army, right. and you know. Um, they don't, they don't do it for the, the approval, you know, they do it because they believe it, they feel it, you know, and, uh, I remember when I was in, you know, kind of keeping it quiet and all that kind of stuff, and then it was hush-hush, you know, but I'm not going to say times are changing, the reason that they did this movie, from, from what I know of it, is they decided somebody's going to, you know, after the Bin Laden thing, you know, Somebody's going to make a movie. So we might as well get involved with it and make it right. And they're using it as a you know, it's a publicity tool. You right, know? right. It's recruiting for special forces, wherever they are, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. Right. And you um, know what? That, that, makes, that reminds me that you know, I don't know if you heard earlier I was talking about, uh, about when I talked to folks about coming into Appleseed and they say, uh, you know, I don't need that uh, for whatever reason. But one of the most bizarre ones I heard was, uh, I don't need that because my, my son is a sniper in the Marine Corps. 
And I yeah, thought, I heard well, that's, <laughs> that's great for him, but what's it going to do for you? <laughs> then the other thing that I hear all the time is guys will tell me, uh, yes, I was uh, I was with uh, special ops, uh, so and so or so and so, uh, and either special forces or sometimes they'll say well, we can't talk about it or something like that. And, I, and here's the problem: is that uh, you know, and, and I, I I see these guys talking about this online and everything a lot, but I'll tell you. I always have to wonder, you know, in my time, in my tour of duty, I met a ton more guys who were uh, uh, motor pool mechanics, uh, typists, uh, you know, docs or line grunts or gun bunnies, any of those folks. I met tons of those guys. Where are all those guys at? I hardly, hardly ever hear guys <laughs> tell me that. And yet, all yeah. these folks saying that they were special ops. Yeah. I think what people don't realize is that they think that they can say that, because they figure it's, uh, you know, that there were so many of them that uh, that you can never know. But I, I'm telling you, whenever you start heading in that direction, toward the special ops direction, it starts narrowing down fast. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I mean, you start talking about being in a ranger company, then you may get away with uh, saying that and somebody not knowing. But that's about the last point that you can get away with. But after that, you start talking about uh, recon or delta or SEALs, which nobody that I've ever met really ever talked about that. But but all of those those units are tiny. Everybody, almost every SEAL knows every other SEAL. So it's not like there's so many people that you don't know who they are. Everybody knows everybody almost, uh, or they've heard, heard of them. I heard an interesting fact the other day. I don't know how true it is, but it sounds kind of right. There's been less Navy SEALs. No, there's less Navy SEALs made a year than NFL quarterbacks. <laughs> well, uh, th- th- that's got to be true. That's a pretty small well, amount of folks. Yeah. I want to thank you for your service, uh, Trey, because uh, I want to thank all veterans. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because every every person that raises their hand, they take a, a load on them, and whether they, it's just a, it's a roll of a dice on whether you have to pay the full debt or not, except. Uh, except for the folks like the the seals and stuff like that, who who are there playing Russian roulette with like uh, five of the six cylinders loaded, uh, on whether or not they're going to have to pay the debt. But I want to thank you for your service. And just so everybody knows, I already I already told Trey not to reveal anything about his seal time that he would have to uh, kill us for later. <laughs> yeah, I read that in your email. That was funny. <laughs> I wouldn't do that anyway. It's, there's well. It's pretty easy, you, you know. Um, you spent your time in the SEALs, and and you served the nation that way. And I'll tell you, you know, I always thought, Trey, that uh, I would always look back at it for, for many years after I left the military. I thought, well, you know, I, I did my six years, and uh, and that's it. You know, I paid my debt to the nation. I, You know, I paid my debt. I'm, i got a free ride now from now on. It took me a long time to realize how stupid that kind of thinking was that there is no free ride. Your your commitment, your responsibility for safeguarding the freedoms and liberties of a nation is a non-ending, non-delegatable responsibility. Absolutely. Hallelujah, brother. I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, for me, and possibly a little bit different, you know, I, 
my little brotherhood, uh, I don't feel like I'd, I could ever pay the, 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 the proper debt, you know, um, and to this country is, is really what it's about. Um, this is just such an unbelievably great country. There's never been anything like it in history, and uh, we have got to shepherd it. We've got to do the right stuff to keep it keep it moving right, you know. And that's exactly. what you're doing, and I'm doing. I'm just happy that we're talking about it. Well, let's let's uh, transition uh, to the next part. I wanted to 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 let folks hear about because. Uh, I want to try to do it in a, a linear fashion, but between your uh, between your seal commitment and where you are now, you did uh, several other things. Uh, one of the things that you did was you started your own private company, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and tell us, tell folks about the product that you that you guys uh, ended up developing and marketing there. Uh, basically, uh, it was me and a couple of my friends, and. Uh, ba- in essence, we we started a company making uh, an assault vehicle, uh, an assault vehicle unlike any other vehicle that's ever been made, and I still don't know of any that are like it. But uh, this thing does uh, what we like to call elevated tactics, and uh, basically it helps uh, SWAT team guys and counterterrorism team guys uh, get into elevated places quickly. Um, it's a pretty special piece of gear. The name of the company is Patriot 3, and uh, um, you can find out some stuff online about it, but uh, it it basically helps guys get up to uh, higher altitudes uh, quickly with uh, the guns that they need to use to stop the bad people from doing whatever they're doing. And the company is still running, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're still in business. Uh, I've traveled... The planet a bunch of times with both the teams and uh, and in private life. Um, I've been to just everywhere you can think of. It's kind of silly, but uh, spent a lot of time traveling. And luckily, I'm still married to my great wife of over 20 years, uh, 22 <laughs> years now. <laughs> she now, kept me around for some reason. You, yeah. Did she marry you before you went to UDT? Uh, actually, uh, I got married while I was in Buds. Um, ah. Yeah. <laughs> to my high school sweetheart. I, I, we had Christmas off. They actually gave us Christmas off. So I flew home, got married, and drove back to Buds. And uh, brought her along with me. And we were young and in love. And, and it was fun, you know. And, and the hey, you know what? We were giving shouts out to the servicemen. Let's give a darn shout out to the wives and, and children, you know. <laughs> Cause it's yeah, hell, man. <laughs> that that's that's uh, there's no way in there's no way in Hades I would want that job. Yeah. I can't tell you it is much much easier uh, to be uh, to be sitting in a blackout room uh, checking all your gear for noise and uh, you know and and yeah. doing all the stuff and, and getting ready to go than it is to be at home wondering what your significant other is going through. Uh, yeah. So I, I, it's hard, and I know that uh, that a lot of service wives and service members their uh, their relationships don't last that long because uh, because it's hard. It's very yeah, hard. Man. So yeah, I, I agree. I've, with you. Let's, uh, I've know hardly anybody that's married anymore. I mean, it's it's insane, you know, how hard it is on on marriages. Um, so. You know, anybody that can can put up with somebody in the military is 
is a strong person. Well, let's talk about then how you uh, uh, you you did your uh, your service. You went into private uh, private industry, and uh, I, I got to tell you, I, I think that the Patriot Three system is pretty amazing, and uh, and uh, I think it's exactly. It's got tactical uh, all over it, man. I mean, it's oh, just yeah, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and if, I got, if you guys want to know, just uh, just look up, uh, uh, just Google uh, uh, Patriot Three, three. Yeah. and uh, PatriotThree.com, and uh, you can get a look at it there. Or if you want to, you can uh, Google. Uh, 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 let's see. Well, just Google uh, Patriot Three, and uh, and it'll take you to it. It'll show you. Uh, it'll show you what we're talking about. Because I, I can't tell you how important it is uh, to to have the high ground or to be able to get to the high ground when you need to. I mean, there 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 is no uh, uh, there is no substitute for uh, for controlling the high ground or accessing the high ground in a rapid way. That's what it does. Well, in between that and how did it end up that uh, that somebody uh, threw a big rock at you and hit you in the head and asked you to uh, to work with the NRA. Uh, that was really almost a happenstance. It was really a freak of nature sort of thing. Uh, one of my neighbors used to work for the NRA, and uh, I actually live about an hour and a half away from the NRA. And uh, so I have to... I have to drive up there every day, you know, so it's a long drive. And my neighbor used to have to do that drive, too. And it, it's one of the worst traffic places on earth up here in Washington. Oh, my here. gosh. You know? Yeah, you're not kidding. Yeah, the, the, so, route, the, the road they, they make you guys drive on, because I've driven it quite a bit, and, um, yeah, I think I even drove it one time during rush hour. Right, the road, <laughs> if you measure the road, it's not really wide enough for the two two lanes of cars that are going on it, uh, a lot of it. Uh, and uh, and it seems like that uh, right there where the the uh, NRA center is is that it's like where all the roads converge, uh, you know, for everybody to try and get out of Dodge or get into Dodge at the same time. Yeah, but he he you know he worked for him for years and uh, he liked it. He very much enjoyed it. But he moved on, did something different, and uh, he stayed in touch because that's the kind of people that work up there. It's it's like a family or something, you know, and. Uh, they had, you know, talking to him, and they had told him that they were looking for somebody for this new position. And um, the new thing was going to be tactical in nature, that the NRA wanted to uh, get into some new things, you know. So I went up, interviewed, was pr- pretty much just straight away offered the job and uh, and jumped at it because, you know, I've been a lifetime member of the NRA for not quite as long as I've been married to my wife, but right about 20 years. 21, somewhere in there, and, uh, you know, I believe in the mission that we're all doing together, um, so uh, I went there and, and did it, and basically what I was hired to do was to come up with new kinds of shooting competitions slash events that uh, people can, can, you know, we can get people that own guns currently out to the range to shoot them. Um, well, you know, you and I hooked up. I, yeah, you and I talked about this quite a bit. Is that there are a lot of folks who would who would really like 
to use their firearms as, uh, uh, you know, as competitive uh, in a competitive fashion. But there is such a large, there's such a huge uh, abyss between owning a firearm and, and getting into a competitive situation with it. It was very, oh, it, God. it becomes yeah. very distressing to folks. And hey. the way you develop the national defense match, uh, if you could tell folks about that, because this is like a, a perfect entry, uh, and not just entry. I don't mean to, to make it sound like it's uh, a training wheels or a or baby uh, match, but it's a perfect way for folks that, that are not uh, currently in competitive shooting to, to get involved in the program. Yeah, well, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right about getting into established competition. It's it's pretty stinking hard, man. I mean, um, you know, a lot of times you got to have special farms and jackets and slings, and, I mean, you don't even know where to buy this stuff. And, you know, I mean, there's like, oh, my God, and the rules involved. And, you know, I mean, it's just it takes years to actually get in and, and break into it and, and start to compete, you know. And there's, like you said, there's this abyss between there and the beginnings, you know. So uh, this new match is called the National Defense Match. And um, we, I say we, it, I kind of headed it up, but I have talked to tons of people, yourself included, in the development of it. And uh, trying to figure out what people want to do. Why do they want to do it? What kind of guns are they going to want to bring to the range? So basically, I, I sort of come up with a tagline or a mission statement, if you want to call it, and that's, if you bought a firearm to defend yourself with, notice I didn't say rifle, I mean, right. pistol, shotgun, whatever, you bought a firearm to defend yourself with, we're going to have a course of fire for you to go to your local range and shoot it in a meaningful course of fire, something that will benefit you, not just going and spraying down, you know, lead into the burn, you know. Um, so, with that thought process, I've, you know, it's, it's all these different facets to it, but it's really simple. Um, I've tried to develop something that took away a lot of the the fears of these old crotchety range guys. You know, you know the guys that are sitting over in the corner watching and scrutinizing every move you make. You know, right? Um, they're the ones that won't allow you to shoot some kind of competition there. You know, so basically. Um, this thing is designed to be safe, easy. Um, you know, the competitor comes out and, and is able to understand what's expected of them. They bring their own firearm, which they may already have experience with or they may not. If they don't have experience, then they're able to, at their own pace, shoot the course of fire just as slow as they need to, under supervision of range officers, Everything's easy. You just it's there's 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 thinking involved. We'll get to that later, but there's no thinking because we tell you what to do. You know, it's right. it's a piece of cake. Um, now, you and I are talking about it, and you know, you mentioned it's not you know the training wheels thing or whatever. I mean, <clears throat> I'm a former Navy SEAL and a sniper. You know, this is challenging to me. Um, so it. It's actually able to challenge the new guy, but not freak him out, you know, and, oh, my God, I just blew that away, and I'm horrible, and, you know. But it's also able to take the, the uber-professional, most awesome shooter on the planet and challenge him, you know. So it really honestly is good for all levels, you know. 
Um, I tried to make, and I say, ah, that's back to, you know, the we again. It's me and you and, and, you know, all the other guys that gave me advice and help. And, you know, I mean, some guys gave me little pieces of courses of fire for it, you know. Um, but we've built this thing, and it it really does do a good job of allowing you to come out and push yourself to your own limits, you know, and then right. you get to see a result by that. Um, you know, in in being a SEAL, I mean, I, bring, I go back to being a SEAL a lot, you know, but it's kind of my upbringing. Exactly. Um, we do a lot of uh, competitive stuff with each other. I mean, I, every time you go out on a run, you you guys probably did the same stuff. You go out on a run, it's like, hey, man, listen, let's take it. Let's go out for about an easy three-mile run today. All right, man, no problem. Sounds good. I, I really don't want to get into something stupid today. Yeah, Me neither, man. That's that's all good. Well, next thing you know, you've run six miles at a blistering pace because you're trying to beat the guy next to you. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. always a competition. Without, without, letting you know. without letting him know that you're racing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How you doing? I'm fine, man. <laughs> you know? But that's that's just – and it's good for you, you know. It's good to have a buddy and, and you know, work together and you push each other and, you know, a, a result involved as well. So training through competition. And we do that with firearms right. as well, you know. Who can shoot that faster, quicker, and you know, closer, you know. Um, right. And the, the National Defense Match is not a it's not a static thing. You're not sitting there. You're, you're no. not pushing your cart full of, uh, of whatever products you need up yeah. to the line. And you're shooting at a uh, at a circular uh, bullseye at a at a uh, off in the distance, and it's a very slow paced kind of thing. The national defense match is uh, I, I don't know if you can get much more practical. Uh, if and you know that's one of the things people are constantly telling me. I want practical. I want practical, and uh, that's one of the things that they tell us about Appleseed. They say, you know, I'm looking for a more practical rifle program, and I say, okay, well, I said, you, you mean one like where you they you shoot uh, in different positions, yeah, yeah, at uh, at multiple targets uh, under the constraints of a uh, strict timeline while doing magazine changes, and they go, yeah, yeah, something like that. I say, well, that's that's what Apple Seed is. That's what yeah, man, do. yeah. And the same thing with the National Defense Match. The National Defense Match is uh, like you said, it's not. A, you don't have to be uh, a perfect shot. You don't have to be a seal like Trey. To to shoot this match, to do, I'm not going to say you're going to be perfect on it. It's going to be up to your skill level. But to you can still compete in the match. You can still shoot, and you can still do a pretty decent job out of the gate. If you, as long as you understand your firearms capabilities and you have at least a, a baseline uh, level of skill and technique, you can still shoot this uh, match, and you're not going to have to wonder about how do I do it? What do I do? Because there's going to be folks there that are guiding you through the match. Yeah, you know, I, I, I want to give you guys a shout out here real quick. I mean, when you when you get into something like this, whether it's you know the national defense match or whether you're a pistol shooter and you're going into EPSA guy EPA or you know you want to go out and do all kinds of crazy three gun stuff, which is a lot of fun. Um, the basic fundamentals of marksmanship. Every shot you shoot in competition that matters. You know, every time. So like the Appleseed Project, the stuff that you learn there, 
is the stuff that you're going to use every time you pull the trigger. I mean, every single time, Yeah, It's crazy. People don't realize it, but it's true. Side alignment, trigger yeah, control, you know. You know, people, like you were just saying a while ago, that uh, the National Defense Match, the way it's set up, that the uh, that folks just starting all the way to your buddies, you and your buddies, the, your SEAL team buddies are going to, they're going to be tested on it. Uh, they're going to, their skills, they're going to need all their skills to perform well on it. But it's the same thing with uh, with coming to an apple seed. When you come to an apple seed, you know, I run into folks who are walking up and they say, hey, I've got a, a rifle in my trunk, it's still in the box. Can you help me get it out and show me what to do with it? I've, I've never seen it before, and I've never shot a rifle. No problem. That's what we're geared up to do. And at the same time, on that same day, I'll have another guy coming, and I can tell from his look, the way he walks, his haircut, and everything else, I can tell uh, he knows what he's about. And uh, uh, one of the guys came up and he said, look, I'm a, uh, 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 I'm with the uh, Marine uh, Doggett, the uh Anyway, so I'd like to recon, uh, mm-hmm. Marine recon. Then I'm going. We're going to deploy in three months, and I'm going to the Marine Sniper School in uh, uh, like in a mu- about 30 days. And that this was exactly what he needed. Now we are not a Marine Corps Sniper School, no. but I'm telling you, that you know what? That the stuff that we teach, you're going to need before you go to Sniper School, before you go that, to SWAT School. I guarantee you, that guy passed Marine Corps Sniper School, which is one of the best sniper schools on the planet. And the reason is because he's got the right attitude, you know. He he's already a marine. He's already been to boot camp, and they got a great firearms course there, you know. Right. Uh, right. Everybody will agree there. You know, it's excellent. But he's seeking out more instruction. He's trying to make himself better constantly. And that's what you have to do as a responsible firearms owner. You really ought to be continuing to. Perfect yourself, not perfect like I'm just the best thing ever. I mean, maybe you are, but better than you were last time, or at least keeping your proficiencies up, you know. And things like the Appleseed Project are great for that, even experienced people. Um, my dad is, you know, long-time farms, uh, hunter safety instructor, farms instructor, teaches concealed carry courses. Uh, you know, he's been on pistol teams, and I mean, you name it. He's been talking to me about taking an apple seed project. He just thinks it's going to be fun. He might learn something, you know. Listen, we'll we'll be glad to set you guys one up. We'll be more than happy to set one up. We'll do one for uh, everybody there in your office and everything else. We'll set everybody up. Now we can even supply firearms, but uh, I doubt that we'll have to do that for the NRA <laughs> folks. Right? Yeah. It's a kind of a fun <laughs> place to work, man. <laughs> You're always sitting there and you hear somebody sliding in action back and forth or something, you know. So, yeah. We do well, a lot we'll of typing too. We'll be glad to set that up for you guys. You just say the word, and we'll be we'll be glad to to uh, to get that going. And, All right. Well, and you, I mean, uh, we were talking yeah, about the ahead. match, and um, if I could, I'd like to explain kind of what happens in, in in the process of what a local match might look like. Okay. Um, now, I posted the uh, I posted the uh, the, the guide. guide. Yep. Yeah, I posted the guide into the chat room, and I posted it onto the uh, the forum stuff, so okay. folks can go and read the NRA National Defense Match Guide. So you guys already have that. We uh, we chose the guide over the rule book too, because uh, you know the rules are kind of stringent a lot of times. In the in the guide book, you can you can alter, and one of the reasons I'll explain why you most things like safety 
are unalterable, right? Right, but, right. But a, a match program or something, you can change that, you know? Um, you know, that, that's kind of where the flexibility comes in at, you know? Um, right. The, well, can you give us a can you give us like a uh, an audio walkthrough uh, real quick of a uh, of a sample uh, a national defense match run with uh, whatever whatever firearm you choose? Sure. Um, basically, my my thought here, and I bring this part up. I've got two kids. One of them sixteen. One of, well, I got three kids. I got one sixteen, one fourteen, and both of those are shooting age boys. And I've got a little eight-year-old girl, too. Love my wife. But she's not shooting right now. So um, the reason that this match was built was so that I could get them and, you know, run over to the range, which is seven miles from my house, and shoot a course of fire quickly and easily with them and then go somewhere else. Like, for instance, we had a soccer game in the morning. Nothing in the middle of the day. We could squeak over to the range, knock out the course of fire, and then go to the next soccer game, you know, or have to be at a birthday party or something. So life's got a lot of things shooting at us constantly, and it's, you know, we don't all have all day long or even all weekend to shoot a uh, a competition like it exists today, you know. Right. Um, so this was designed so that you show up <clears> – <throat> You get out of your car, you walk over, you get in line, and while you're in line at your local range, um, they give you your safety briefing and they explain the course of fire to you, ask if you have any questions, and so on and so forth, right? Um, while you're doing that, you know, you're loading up your magazines and you've got your rifle on you at that point. And this would, I'm speaking about the rifle match now. Um, but we'll get into the, we're going to have a shotgun and pistol match here pretty soon. Anyways. Talking rifle. So you got your rifle wearing it. And pretty much we're talking about modern day uh, tactical rifles, AR 15 type platforms, SCARs, FNFALs, uh, M1s, that kind of stuff. All right. Um, and, it, and just like you said, though, the, the, the rifle, you're required to wear it the whole time. And when it goes on you and once you start the match, it stays on you. Yep. Yep. You got to carry that thing. Um, our soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines do it every day, 365 days a year. You can do it for a couple hours or maybe an hour, you know? Right. Um, and I personally think every rifle, long gun, that for that matter, should have a sling. It's, in my opinion, part of the gun, you know? So We're with you. When you get up there to uh, – it's your turn to shoot. You, the RO, and a scorer will walk down to uh, the seven-yard line. <clears throat> Um, you will, at that time, load your firearm, and they will tell you which string of fire you're going to shoot. And we have this new target that is, uh, it's kind of a gamey target, a gaming target. It's got uh, five targets on it. There's red, green, yellow, blue, and white. And um, you have to shoot these little black tombstones. They're a little black. They're about the size of uh, a plate, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to shoot the black tombstones, which are in these colored areas, in a certain sequence. So you're not shooting the target the same way every time, you know. And also you can mix it up where you can shoot the left side first and the right side and, you know, shoot the bottom some and then the top. And there's a whole bunch of different things that you can game and play and do with to change the way you shoot these courses of fire. So it's a never-ending, constant-changing thing. So seven yards 
first string of fire, I'm just going to give you a for instance of one of the strings. Um, okay. You shoot uh, ten shots from the standing position, and you shoot two at each of the tombstones. And like I said, there's I, I, I've done the math on this thing, and it confuses me. I've had other people do it, and they do it better than me. But basically, there's more than 120 combinations. I mean, it's it's crazy because there's five different colors. So anyway, um, right. so uh, you have to shoot this thing in a certain sequence, which means you have to engage your brain and think while you're doing it. Target discrim- discrimination, right? Right, um, right. You guys probably talk about it. We talk about it in our training courses and stuff. You need to know what you're shooting at. You can't just go shooting everything that's moving, you know. That's completely the wrong deal, you know. You've, you've got to, to find your target and place the rounds in that target and then, you know, step back, reacquire, you know, is there more targets, and then take those out. So that's what this uh, simulates is target acquisition. We did it as SEALs. You know, you're moving from one, one thing to the other, and it's changing constantly. Um so it would be two rounds in each of those tombstones in the proper sequence. So it would be pretty quick. You know, you'll start all your courses of fire from a standing low ready position, just kind of standing with the gun relaxed, right, not up in your shoulder and poised and all that, you know. And uh, basically it will be on a pack timer, and uh, you, uh, the RO would say, do you understand course fire? If you do, they say, you know, nod your head, that kind of deal. All right, stand by. Beep. And you raise your rifle up, acquire the targets in a proper position, two rounds there, two rounds there, two rounds there, two rounds there, two rounds there. And that's it. That's the first string. It's pretty simple. I mean, you break that one string down, you'd shoot it. Don't think about anything else except shooting that one string. You know? And I've found that I can take people out there that really have never shot before, put a twenty two rifle in their hands, like a ten twenty two, and they can do this. You know, I'm standing there telling them exactly what to do, and they can do it. You know, um, so you're talking about the first five, the first five stations, right? Because I'm guessing, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you get Station past that, six, seven, yeah. eight, nine, I'm, yeah, they're gonna work you good with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but as a, as a tool to get that person started, you know. Um, now, if we get them out there and they say, "Well, you know, that was fun." then they're going to want more. They'll either come back to more competitions, they'll get training, they'll buy all the guns and ammunition, you know, which is good for everybody. Um, Absolutely. And you've you got a really good point there. And here's a, here's a point that I try and make. Uh, one of the reasons that Appleseed works and one of the reasons that I think that this match is going to work good is because <clears throat> what you got to do is you got to get folks, They they first of all, they have to want to do it or at least have some desire to do it. And then they get out there. They have to set a goal, not you setting a goal for them. They've got to set the goal for themselves of improving their rifle marksmanship or of uh, of doing this match and then and not completely failing on it, right? And if that's, the, if that's the goal they set for themselves, they meet that goal or they exceed it, which is not going to be too difficult, uh, at least in the beginning phases of the national defense match, then, then they are good to go because once a person sets – the goal for themselves and they uh, meet or exceed it. And the logical follow-on thing is, what's next? Now what I can? Well, now what can I do? And it, right. it's, a, it's a perfect way to get somebody uh, to keep expanding their abilities, you know, expanding uh, their relationship with their firearms and with uh, competitive shooting. Yeah, and just keeping those skills honed, which is a you know, it's perishable skill. We all know that, and you've got to keep going out and 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 just 
at the minimums, just keeping proficient, you know. Um, and this match can do that, I believe. Um, but basically, you shoot it at 7 yards, 15 yards, 30, 60, and 100 with a rifle. The closer stages are, you know, as you'll imagine, faster, because if you want to envision it this way, if you were in a gunfight at 7 yards, it's going to happen quick. It's probably going to be able to pretty be quick. Fast. Yeah. yeah. Um, so those those strings of fire go down pretty quick, and they're generally speaking straight up standing. You know, um, as you start to move back at uh, uh, well, there's one string at 15 yards that you you go from the right side of your barricade to the left. Um, you don't have to use the barricade. You you just have to shoot from the right and left. You know. Um, mm-hmm. And then as you keep going backwards, you know, going to 30 yards, 60 yards, 100, the positions start to go down as you normally would. You know, if you're at right. 60 yards in a gunfight, you might take a knee, you know. Um, I probably would, given the proper opportunity, you know. <clears throat> uh, you get a better position. You can make a more accurate shot. And, um, and that's what it's about, putting the rounds where they're supposed I- to be. I'll take a knee at seven uh, yards if I can. I'm trying to make myself a smaller target. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if there's a sapling, I'm going to try and get behind it, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, so at the 60 yards, you'll take a knee, and then uh, – now, is that a requirement, or is that just an allowed? No, uh, everything is prescribed. Um, okay. I want you to go through the motions and do these things. And what it shows is is you're proficient with your rifle and, and the full gamut of what – I believe, and others believe, you can do with that rifle. And that's from a quick, fast, snap-shooting, standing, seven-yard, you know, blasting five targets, you know, that, that you know, uh, zombies jumped out at you, um, all the way to, you know, say the 100-yard tar- uh, string. Uh, one of those would be, uh, let's just use this one, for instance, uh, 10 rounds, uh, standing, kneeling, prone, kneeling, standing, and it's two shots each position. So you just go from a standing two shots, kneeling two shots, prone two shots, kneeling two shots, standing two shots, and that just shows that you can you can pull those positions off quickly, and you know as we all would imagine in, in a you know in, in the unfortunate gunfight, um, you'd have to to get to that kneeling position quickly, get on target, acquire it. Silometer control, squeeze, you know, uh, and then down to prone. Same thing. Get down in that prone position. Get rock solid. Fundamentals of marksmanship. Get the rounds down range. Back up to kneeling. You know, um, it can really be an adrenaline pump to do these little strings of fire. Um, I usually get pretty jacked up when I shoot it. You know, that's a lot of fun. But that's basically as as far as a lot of ranges I'd like to see out there running these things is 100 yards. Um, right, right. They, because after after you go past 100, the uh, available ranges drop dramatically. They drop yeah. by 90% or 95% a lot of times. Yeah, there's, uh, we'll, we'll agree probably, there's tens of thousands of 100-yard ranges out there. You know, um, maybe maybe a couple of thousand that are 200, and then when you start looking at the sixes and, you know, a thousand yard ranges, man, that gets really shy, you know? Right. Um, so, but that, it, statistically speaking, in Afghanistan and Iraq, with our soldiers over there, those guys, normally speaking, I mean, it's the averages, 
were shooting less than 100 yards. Most of the rounds going down range over there are going down range within less than 100 yards. Still, right, and everybody the wants to think about are very are usually very bad shots. They want to take a shot at you where they at least have a middling chance of hitting you with their AK. So they're yeah. they got to get at least fairly close to you. They're hunkering unless down, you're shooting man. at a yeah, yeah, unless you're shooting a pre-served weapon or mortar or something, your yeah. your your shots are going to be fairly close. So most of those rounds are going down within 100 yards, and actually a majority happen at, I think, it's 73 yards or 78 yards or something like that, and it. So that being said, and, and, and now let's talk about civilians, and, you know, you, you're never, I'm not going to say never, I'm going to knock on wood right now, you never say never, but you're probably never going to, you know, need to use your rifle to defend yourself against an armed intruder in your house at 200 yards. You know, it's just I just don't see it happening. I mean, it could, but chances are it's going to be pretty close. I think we might agree on that. Now, the 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 match is capable of going further, and we've got courses of fire at two, three, four, and five hundred yards, and that's just kind of where we decided to call the max capabilities of the farm. Yeah, I know you can shoot it further. I've shot it further, you know, right. but. You ought to really go get your 300 wind mag out of the closet, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's a lot of fun uh, to shoot the full course of fire, the 500 yarder. Um, you can do it in a day. I had a match at Perry uh, last year at Camp Perry. We had our first inaugural national defense match, and it took us two days to get 60 people through the course of fire. Um, we learned a lot, you know. We had a lot of crossfires and things we had to figure out what to do with. Um, but still, even with two days shooting that amount of shots, it was still a lot of fun, and, and I, I don't think anybody was bored. Um, but the 100-yard course of fire, you know, like I'm saying, you get in line, you get up there, you shoot the 7, you shoot the 15, the, the uh, 30, the 60, the 100. You go back, you know, make your weapon safe, um, go back, get in your car, and you go to the next event in your family, in your life, you know, whether it's a birthday party for your little girl or the next soccer right. game for your kid, you know. So you spent an hour at the range and not a whole day, you know. So I'm trying to make it accessible for everybody, a meaningful course of fire, locally shot, you know, um, take away all the boundaries with, uh, you know, the, the the bad connotations with these, uh, these you know, older uh, range guys, you know. It's all on paper, straight down range into the berm. You better be careful. There's going to be one of those older rain guys waiting outside your office tomorrow morning. He's going to crack you in the head. Oh, they they love me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that's, you know, you you made an extremely good point with this because, you know, we're we're that's the uh, that's the culture we're living in now. Uh, I don't have time. I don't have time for this. Oh, it's a whole day. I can't do that. Yeah. Uh, blah blah blah. And. Uh, if you cut it down to look, uh, it's not going to be any different than a long lunch, all right? You, you get over there, you hit it, you run through it, you're done with it, you get back in your car and you go. Then yeah. a lot, I think a lot more folks are going to say, I can do that. Matter of fact, I'll take a long lunch and do it, you know? Ton, tons of people will go put their tennis shoes on and go run for, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, or they'll go get on their, you know, 18-speed or whatever bicycle and go for a two-hour ride. Uh They'll go walk their dog for two hours out, you know, down the battlefield trails or whatever, or they'll scrapbook, or there's tons of things that people will do for those periods of time. But the reason they don't go to the range is twofold, really. One, it's not accessible. It's It's got a gate, 
you know, and it says it's a club, you know. So right, we right. have to we have to open these clubs up on these days to the public, so they can come in and shoot these courses of fire, you know. And well, programs like yours do that as well, you know. Um, you invite the public to come and partake in 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 a you know a natural uh, a national historic event shooting. You know, it's fun. Uh, right, and folks have to have it's not just. Uh, well, they have to have uh, an understanding of what they're doing, and they have to have a goal that they're trying to achieve. And one of the things that that I tell folks who come to an apple seed, I go, look, I know what you guys have been doing uh, for the majority of your lives. You've been going to the range, you got a, you've got a paper target, you put it up, you go back to the firing line, you open your box of 20 rounds, yeah. and you put, the, you put them in there, and you start shooting at that paper target. I tell people that exact there, story. Some of them don't. Over yeah. and over, and they, but they don't know they don't know what they're supposed to be doing there. Yeah. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Nah. And it, we we teach them. We teach you what you're supposed to be doing every time you go to the range. How you're supposed to gauge your success. The same thing with a national defense match. The, the people are. It's not just a a static bullseye that they're shooting, and uh, they're going to get walked through it, and you're going to get a chance to uh, to look at your scores this week, to shoot it again in the, in two or three weeks and see how you how you're gonna do. You're gonna be able to you're gonna be sitting at home in your easy chair gaming it and figuring out how you're gonna do better next time. Those are the things that draw people in. That's what yeah. draws people into shooting. We we've actually got some guys working on a uh a website. It's not up yet and it it won't be up for a while, I'm gonna be honest with you. These things take time to develop. But um they're working on a website where, where you know the local range can upload their scores, so everybody can go online and look and see how they did. And they'll also be able to see how they did against some professional shooter, like maybe Jerry Mitchell or something, you know, um, Bruce Pyatt. You know? <laughs> I saw him on TV last night doing his famous uh, his 1911 shooting, and uh, he actually got a uh, he had his RPM gauge out on it. He was shooting 675 uh, rounds per minute. For the oh man. Yeah, I I know him I know him pretty well. I mean, I, I, I've got to know him a little bit, and I'm grac- he's gracious enough to talk to me. I, I love that guy. He's so nice. He's just a personable guy. Uh, uber competitor when he's when he's in the zone, you know. Leave him alone. He's there trying to figure his, his stage out, you know. Then he shoots, and and he's like, "Hey, how's it going?" He talks to you, and you know, he's a great guy. Uh, lives down in Louisiana, pretty close to where I live down there, and my dad actually knew some of his folks, so. Um, yeah. Well, There's, I can, I can see him. People, I was laughing because I can, I can envision him uh, sitting down at, his, at the dinner table with his knife and fork and looking at his uh, chicken fried steak and working out in his mind, I'm going to make six cuts uh, this direction, I'm going to make yeah. five cuts this direction, and then, you know, they're whipping the knife out and you know, having the steak cut up in, uh, you know, like .09 seconds. Yeah. You know? I, think, I think Jerry just wolfs it down, man. I mean, uh, I think I heard him say one time that he had he had brothers and sisters or something like that. And they, you know, when food was out, you ate. You know, so, yeah. No, yeah, that brings up what I was about to say. Shooters are great people. I mean, um, you 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 of course know what I'm talking about. But I mean, like most people that I talk to that are not gun people, I said you just have no idea how relaxing it is to be around people with guns. It's not, you know, everybody thinks, oh, my God, that would be stressful, you know. No, it's not. Everybody there is mellow as it gets, you know. Um, 
I know that's coming from me, and I'm not just the mellow guy, but it is the truth. I mean, uh, you get out on a shooting range, and people just calm down, you know? I tell um, folks whenever, whenever we're talking about apples, look, if you want to meet the absolute best folks that nation has to offer, come to an apple scene. Uh, that's who's going to show up there, the absolute yeah. best Americans in the nation. And uh, I even tell them, I go, look, uh, right now you're living your life with a bunch of crappy friends, people that well, you're asking yourself, why, how did I end up with this? How did I end up with these people as friends? They borrow the tools and never bring them back. They borrow money, uh, you know, whatever, all this stuff. I go, get rid of those guys. Get to an apple seed. And get you a, a carload of brand new lifelong friends. Oh, uh, totally Apple Seed folks are absolutely fantastic. And yeah. the only reason yeah. I say Apple Seed folks is because that's where I meet them. Yeah. And you're right. All of the gun culture folks. Now you can you can get into a bad gun culture sure. place if you yeah. if you walk down a dark alley in the middle of the night. Uh, that's in my allegorical uh, discussion, but you. But just going to a gun range or a shooting event, you're going to find the best folks in the nation uh, every time. Yeah. And, if you know, and you know as well as I do, if you go to a shooting range, I'll almost guarantee, you know, in writing almost, that you're going to be around safe, good, relaxing kind of people, um, you know, Bad things could happen if you went out with a bunch of yokels out, you know, into the woods somewhere, and you know, you never know what's going to go on with that, you know. But the folks around shooting ranges are the best people ever, you know. Yeah, um, I've never gone to an event where, I mean, or to a shooting range. I've never gone to a shooting range. Now, you know, when we're shooting apple seed, where the range is closed down and everything, and we're just we're just shooting there. But uh, you know, I'll go to other ranges uh, at different times too. I've, I've never gone to a range. Where I wasn't walking down the line, looking at at people shooting, looking at their firearm stuff. Where folks didn't say, "Hey, you want to try this? You want to shoot this rifle? How are you yeah. doing? Uh, you know, uh, you need to, you know, you want a soda, you want a drink, or water, or whatever." They, they, yeah, people are just absolutely is, nice. This is people's like. I mean, you know, you got a guy sitting there with a with a real sweet nineteen eleven, you know. Man, he has caressed that thing, and he has put money into it, and he's got special grips, and a, you know the triggers worked, and new barrel, and I mean, wow, that thing is really nice. Yeah, you know? that's his baby. Yeah, you know? and what does he do? Sticks it in your hand and lets you shoot it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> time and time again. You know, you will find that in a sports car club. <laughs> That's my Corvette over there, man. You know, but you ain't driving that, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, uh, you say that, but I know uh, I've met the folks at Appleseed that would that they they're not going to give you their Corvette. But if you yep. said, "Look, I need a vehicle to go somewhere," they go, "Here, take mine." Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They don't even know you. They yeah. just say, "Here, take mine." Yeah. And, there, there's and, you know, a trust thing going on there, man. Yeah. Um, the guy that uh, got his uh, 50 caliber Barrett there. At the range, uh, we were down at, uh, oh, well, we had one here at, at our range, but uh, there was a guy on the range with a fifty caliber Barrett, and uh, I was looking at it, I just said, man, that, that just looks beautiful. He goes, here, take a shot. I go, man, I can't do that. Yeah. I know those are $10 a round you know, for, <laughs> for the ammunition. He goes, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. 
Yeah. I fired three rounds at it, 30 bucks out of his pocket, you know, Ooh. because he wanted me to shoot it. Yeah. I've got, I don't have Barrett, but I've got a, a, a 460 Smith & Wesson Magnum pistol. And uh, the rounds are kind of expensive for that thing. And it's a Hoss pistol, you know. I bought it for hunting, actually. But, um, you know, I go to the range and people always come around because it's like lightning bolts coming out of the end of that thing, you know. And <laughs> I hand it over constantly, you know. And and I love to keep my brass. I'm a reloader, and, man, that brass is it's worth gold, you know. But uh, when when I get a a young man or a young woman to shoot it, I give them a piece of brass. Here, take that home with you. Show it to your buddies. You know? Um, it's just that kind of people, you know? Well, let's let's talk about the... Uh, we've talked about the NRA tactical rifle and the National Defense Match, which I think are absolutely fantastic. Before we, before we leave that subject, though, let me ask you one more question. Uh... All right, so for the folks that are listening tonight or there are any of the folks that have a desire to become involved in this, what, tell, let the folks know how they can do this because folks can run these matches uh, uh, at their ranges, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the best thing to do, and I'm, I'm just going to put it right over the Internet right here, um, is to email me. Um, my email address is t. T U G G L E at N R A H Q dot org. And that I'll do it like military folks. Tango Tango Uniform Golf Golf Lima Echo at N R A H Q dot org. Um okay. if 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 you just email me and say, Hey man, tactical match, you know, national defense match, then uh, I'll spark up a dialogue with you. And uh once you email me, you know, almost Almost everybody that emails me about the national defense match at that point, I give them my cell phone number, and um, you know, because uh, I I like to talk about it. You know, I hate sitting down at a computer too, but um, you know, I'm happy to send you stuff over the internet. But you know, I'll get on the phone with anybody and talk about it. Um, right. And, so they can set these matches up at their local ranges and, yeah. and start running the matches, right? Yeah. Uh, currently. We don't have a uh, uh, paperwork package for it, but I am developing it. it is, this is a, a new, ongoing thing. Uh, currently, I'm just going to help you start your own uh, group thing, you know, and you just go home and, and you and your buddies go out and invite people and have fun, you know. Right. Uh, soon, right. we'll and end up you. with, a, you know, an approval process, you know. And here's the tagline I keep pushing to everybody on all this stuff. At work, when I'm working on this, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. You know. That's it. Yeah, That's this is going to be easy for you to do. Point blank, it's going to be easy for the range guys to do. It's going to be easy for the shooter to do. Uh, you know, the targets are easy to get a hold of. It's, it's just that's the that's the nature of the beast. You know. Well, that's that's and that's the best way to run things. We're we're starting. Uh, we're getting ready to run a course here at uh, the company that. My partner and I run called BattleRoadUSA.com, and uh, and we're kind of modeling it on some of the events that we participated in. And most of these events uh, have the same kind of tagline, and that is, uh, they'll say in the beginning, they'll say, "Look, if you uh, if you're the kind of person that gets tweaked about not having the uh, uh, the absolute uh, you know uh, inches to target distance, or the amount you're going to run, or stuff like that, or if little things upset you, then uh, then this is not going to be the match for you. 
You know, we want you to be relaxed and casual, have a good attitude, and uh, I think it's the best way to go into any type of competitive event. And yeah. I know you say that right now you don't have a, that uh, it's not set up so they can link in to the national program, but they can still start teaching themselves to running it, and they can yeah, still start I, practicing the course. I've got probably an unknown amount because I've answered so many different emails now, but, I mean, probably somewhere in the area of somewhere between 20 and 40 little groups out there that are already running these things. Um, okay. You know, and it's just guys that called in, hey, that looks fun, let's do it, and, and they're starting to work their own process, you know. Um, we don't have to, as the NRA, you know, give you a whole bunch of paperwork to make anything work, you know. Right. Um, let's give you a recipe and you can go do it, you know. So there's a lot of good people out there, and, you know, let's just get up and, and go shoot, you know, have some fun. All right. Well, listen, uh, now let's talk about uh... – Oh, by the way, we're going to have a pistol course of fire and a shotgun course of fire pretty soon. And I shot the pistol course of fire last week, and it's fun. Uh, it's a lot like the <laughs> rifle, but it's cool. So anyway, just throw that one out there. Now, do you have to uh... – do you have to do like about uh, I don't know seventy five eighty five foot of elevation for the uh, for the uh, three hundred yard uh, target? Oh, for <laughs> for the pistol, uh, yeah. Pistol's going to stop. the The full blown pistol would be fifty, and I think I would probably encourage people to do that because with the pistol, it really does work your marksmanship qualities, um, and it's easy enough to do, but you can easily call it at 25 and and just you know shoot the courses five uh, fire up to 25 and and go home from there you know. Well, you should. You're right, but you should really, uh, you should really take your pistol and run it out to 100 yards uh, every now and then just to make sure that you understand what it's going to do at that range. So I would encourage folks to. Uh, you know, yeah, to, I would encourage that, too. Uh, it, it'll give you a world of perspective of what you won't hit at 100 yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the, now, uh, as part of the NRA, hmm? you, uh, I'd like for you to talk to folks. I know most of the folks that are listening to this program, uh, they already understand uh, what the NRA is and what it does, what it, what it does. but uh, we occasionally get folks uh, wandering in from uh, uh, from other places, and what I'd like you to explain to them is uh, is uh, it doesn't have to be anything in detail, but just the the roles of the National Rifle Association for Americans, and uh, I'd like for you to to make sure that you that you stress that uh, that the NRA is important to all firearms owners, re- regardless of any political affiliation they have. And the NRA is not a uh, uh, it, it is not a tag as far as political affiliation organization. Yeah, you're right. Um, the the NRA is is a special organization, and I, and I really have a lot of honor working there, and uh, and I've been a happy and proud lifetime member for years. But um, you know the the little history behind it. the NRA started started uh, what 137 years ago or something like that uh, as a program to help civilians develop marksmanship qualities a lot like you guys are doing right now, right? Um, and 
The reason was in case then uh, we needed to use the civilian forces to help us defend the homeland or go overseas possibly and, and you know do that, then those guys would already know how to shoot. You know? um, so that was kind of the beginnings of it. And since then, you know, we've, we've tried to help uh, gun ownership in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, the women's programs that we run are awesome. You know, um, the junior program's awesome. Um, there's, you know, tons of uh, training things that we go into that, you know, you guys don't do. Um, the uh, self-defense, you know, and those kind of things. And, uh, uh, you know, we do kind of hold a gold standard on uh, on certain stuff, you know. Um, everybody Absolutely. strives to have that. And, uh, and it's good to have an organization out there that can do that. Um, you know, we're not perfect. Nobody ever is, you know. No organization ever is. Um, I'm not perfect. Um, it's just the nature of, of everything. But the people who work at the NRA care about the Second Amendment, and we really try hard to make the best impact. And that's, you know, like what I'm trying to do there right now. I'm just trying well, to make the best. I have the greatest amount of respect for the NRA. Uh, I'm not going to say that uh, I agree with every single thing that uh, any organization does. And yeah. the NRA is no different. But yeah. I'll tell you what. I worked there. I don't agree with everybody, everybody listening yeah. that, uh, yeah, everybody listening that without the NRA, this would be a completely different nation right yeah, now. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt The NRA that. works 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. They work while you're sleeping. They work while you're on vacation, uh, and they're working to preserve the rights, the freedoms, the liberties that you enjoy uh, by virtue of living in this nation. And they work tirelessly at it. Not only that, but they do a good enough job, and they're powerful enough that uh, that people are downright scared of them, which is yeah. what they need to be. And uh, so regardless of what you of anything that you say about it, and I don't think I have to say that for most folks, I'm an NRA member. <clears throat> And I'm proud of that fact. And I think that uh, every penny that uh, that any of you guys put in for your membership or uh, or any other uh, facet of helping to uh, fund the uh, National Rifle Association is money well spent. Yeah, they don't pay me very well, so all that money is going into the women's programs and kids and stuff. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll get aside. It is a superb outfit, and the the legislative work that they do is is great, uh, and you know working with other organizations as well, you know, um, on the legislative work because there's plenty of other good uh, organizations out there that are helping us with that fight, you know. Um, personally, the way I stand on the Second Amendment, I think it's the linchpin of this country. Um, when the Second Amendment is no longer, we will be no longer. Um, there, there is no other part of this country that protects the rest of it like the Second Amendment does. You can't say that about the First Amendment. What are you going to do with your speech when you know they, they tell you to do something? Nothing. You're going to yell? You know, It's not going to help you. Um, the Second Amendment is the linchpin. It's the part that holds it all together. And we've got to, to preserve that. Um, Besides the fact well, people, that it's just a great thing to do for our kids and it's fun, you know? Right. Well, people always get uh, very nervous when they start talking about uh, uh, 
uh, about the Second Amendment and what it's for and stuff like that, because even though the founders wrote it out exactly, and everybody everybody knows what it's there for. Everybody knows, well, I'd say everybody who knows what the Second Amendment is knows what it's there for. Uh, but everybody's scared to say a word about it because it's such a, a hot potato. But I'll tell you what, you and a lot of people will come up with the argument saying that, uh, listen, you know, we're way past that. We're a cultured society, and uh, we don't have to worry about stuff like that anymore. It's ridiculous. And all i got to say to them is, look, you you go back to they don't know early history. 1930s, yeah. and you say, uh, look, do you think that in a few years that uh, you guys will be in, a, in an extremely horrific situation? They say, absolutely not. We're the most cultured uh, society in Europe, and there's no way anything like that could happen to us. You look at uh, Serbia, Croatia. You look at Argentina. Look at look at any of the the examples that are recent examples of how things can go horribly wrong, and they always can. And that's that's not just the exception; it's usually the rule. Things okay. are going to go horribly wrong. The wall is going to fall down unless somebody is standing there to hold the wall up in place. And that's what the Second Amendment does. It holds the wall up in place for us and makes. Make sure that uh, that the uh, that the nation understands that it has to do what the will of the citizens and what the Constitution requires of it. We, the people, yeah. That's it. That's where about yeah. yeah. It's not we the the serfs or, yeah. or we the indentured servants, which it could very well be uh, if it weren't for the Second Amendment, because we, we the government like said, workers of the United States or anything like that, yeah. You know? Um, yeah, because if if somebody decided to do something different, they would just they would just do it. Because yeah. what are you going to say? You'd say I don't like that. They just say shut up and get back in line, because yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. So, and and this is that's always a worst case situation. But you know, so is a fire, uh, so is cancer. But that doesn't stop you from keeping a fire extinguisher or having a life insurance policy or a health insurance policy. I mean, it's it's just. Uh, that's the way humans are. That's the way life is. And 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 thank goodness that we do have an organization such as the National Rifle Association that uh, that stands up for that. And like you said, that, that I consider that to be one of the most important parts of what the NRA does. But like you were saying earlier, that's that is by no means uh, uh, the majority of what the NRA does. Like you said, the women's programs, the children's programs. Uh, you guys are starting to work with the. Uh, uh, the aren't you starting to work a program to work with the scouts now? They're they're working on something there now. We've had a long lasting uh, thing where every Boy Scout group, uh, and I, I'll probably get this wrong, and somebody will call up and and they'll be right. But it basically, I think that you have to run the NRA's. Uh, like BB gun program at all, you know, when when you do a, a shooting event, you know, at, an, at a Boy Scout right. But we're looking to go further than that pretty soon, you know, past BB guns. Because like a kid doing Eagle Scouts, you know, he shoot an AR, man, you know. Um, and I know a lot of Eagle Scouts that shoot ARs, and they shoot them well, you know. Um, so, you know, let's give them something better to do, too, you know, like more advanced, you know. Um, don't just stop at there at the BB gun thing, you know. And right. the Boy Scouts, excellent. And, you know, we're, uh, I know that we're in some kind of talks there. I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm not right. in that chain of command. So, 
Right, but you know, but what I guess the point I'm trying to make is just that uh, that you guys are involved uh, all across the board in uh, in modern firearms, in tactical yeah. rifle, all the way back to muzzle loading pistol, uh, everything, uh, every firearm imaginable. It seems like has some. I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if there was an NRA 12 pound cannon, uh, you know, course. Because, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there, there is, uh, you know, there is uh, instruction available for almost. We, uh, for almost we've got a disabled to... program. You know, we work with disabled folks. Uh, we've actually got uh, a uh, a range in a box and air guns that we ship out to different places around the nation. And, uh, you know, when I say disabled folks, a lot of times they're, they're, they've are they got some, some pretty good disabilities that they're deal, dealing with, and right. they they can't get into a whole lot of stuff, you know. It's not like they can get out and bowl or anything. Um, maybe they can, but I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, they got some dif- disabilities to deal with, and we've come up with, not we, I mean, it's, guys like you out there, you know, and I'm speaking to the guys like we're talking to, that help us develop these programs, and, and they've come up with new techniques and new uh, gizmos to help them fire the rifles and sight them. And uh, we actually have um, this program where uh, people with sight disabilities can aim a firearm, and it works through sound. You know, and it's this is not a defensive wow. firearm. Yeah, it's not a defensive thing, you know. But it's something they can go to the range and they can do something that they might enjoy, you know. Well, we, we um, started up this, about the same thing. A couple of years ago, we started up uh, adaptive apple seed, is what we call it. And that's our, yeah. uh, it, uh, it focuses our, our desire to get every single person, if they want to get on the range, if if they no matter what their disability or what their challenge is, if they want to get on the range, we move heaven and earth to get them out there. I get guys calling me that are veterans and says, "Look, I I'd love to come and shoot, but uh, you know I got shot the doll rags in uh, Vietnam and I, I can't move around." I go, "Look, you come, you come to the event and you will shoot. We'll we no matter what it takes. If I got to build something for you, I will build it yeah. because we want them out there shooting. And they come, they shoot, and they have a great time. If I get a guy." Uh, we had a we've had kids before with one arm. I sandbag the rifles, uh, and they shoot. And I tell you what, for the look on those kids' faces when they get to do something that that had previously been denied them is pretty amazing. You, know? right, you, and, you and I are talking shop now, but I'm going to send you. I'm going to email you some drawings of some uh, uh, these things that help you hold a firearm up. It, okay. It's like a cable system, and. Uh, like people with one arm that, that have, might have a chance, uh, more trouble holding a firearm up, you can put them in this, well, you don't put them in it, but you put the firearm in this thing, and, it, and it's got some counterweights, and you give them just enough weight so that they can hold it up by themselves and, and shoot it comfortably, you know. So I'll email that to you. So anyway, we're talking job. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, uh and the and like I said, the the NRA runs and like you mentioned earlier, it runs everything. If you're looking for a course of, uh, it could be just a simple introduction to firearms. It could be, uh, let's see, what are some of the courses that uh, there's some that I've scheduled to take and some I've already taken. There's uh, well, we've got uh, uh, you know, of the home. basic pistol, yeah, uh, basic uh, personal protection inside the home, outside of the home. Right. Those are great. Uh, the basic rifle, pistol, shotgun. Um, 
There's, you know, RSO uh, classes that we teach, you know, to teach people how to be safe RSOs, range safety officers. Uh, you know, there's just gobs and gobs and gobs of stuff that, that you know, and I keep bringing it back to, to the people you and I are talking to on the phone right now. Um, it's those guys out there that have helped us develop these programs a lot of times, you know. I mean, some of the programs, of course, we've done ourselves. I, I created this new national defense match, but... A lot of times it's been somebody out there that said, hey, i got this great thing, you know, and, and, and it, it can help a lot of people, and they share that with us, and then we can share it with more people, you know. And that's what it's about, sharing information and knowledge and making everybody more safe and, and uh, better stewards with, uh, with farms. Yeah, i got a couple of questions for you from the, uh, the online chat program that follows the show. Uh, the first one is a guy wants to know, where he can register for the 12-pound NRA cannon course. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and he's, I can tell you, he's very excited about it. The uh, other one I'm, is, I'm uh, not going to tell him where I'm going, but I'm going away this weekend for a guy's trip, and uh, we're going to be shooting the 12-pound bowling ball out there. So. No kidding. <laughs> so we got a couple of guys uh, in the in Appleseed that, uh, that do that. One of the guys, uh, they, we call him uh, Cannon Man. Uh, he's been doing this for a long time. He's been going around to different schools and stuff like that. He's ta- taught over a, over 150,000 school children, I think. But he takes uh, all the stuff from the American Revolutionary War era, the cannons, the costumes, the muzzle loaders, and uh, takes them to the schools. And uh, the kids get to, uh, I'm not going to tell you, they get to shoot them in the school because they don't get to do that. But they, <laughs> <laughs> but they do take them there, and then they, they do have events off school property where they shoot the cannons and shoot uh, muzzle loaders and stuff like that. And uh, a really great guy, Dave Swinford. Cool. And, uh, I live in the really war area here, you know, Fredericksburg, Virginia. And, uh, I mean, yeah, there's so many reenactors around here, and some of these guys got cannons and stuff. And, you know, how cool, man. Actually, we're not shooting a <laughs> cannon this weekend. We're shooting anvils. Have you ever done that? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Make sure you got your hard hat. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Uh, the other <laughs> question is from uh, from some of our guys that uh, are going to be going to the NRA convention, mm-hmm. and uh, we're we're sending a team up there. And you and I talked about this uh, a while back about uh, the possibility of you uh, uh, saying howdy to them and maybe uh, maybe. Introducing them to some folks up there. Anyway, they were just wondering uh, if you were going to be at the NRA convention and where they might find you if you were. Uh, currently, I don't know if I'm going to be going to that or not. Uh, I've got some other things going on, and, and I'm just not positive if, if I'm going to be at it or not. But still doesn't change anything. I'm going to have about uh, you know I don't know, a couple hundred of my friends there. So um, right, we'll hook up, and I'll make sure that they get. First class taken care of. Okay. If and, I'm not uh, there, so. and then just tell folks real quick, uh, for the folks that aren't aware of the dates and location uh, for the NRA convention this year. Uh, St. Louis, Missouri, and I can't tell you the date. <laughs> it's in my library, well, but right. I'll never pull it out. It's, uh, uh, you, guys can, you guys, everybody listening has a computer. In and, April? Uh, and you just uh, Google NRA Convention 2012, and it'll tell you all the details about it. And I, I really, uh, if you can go, if you can make it, 
and that's a wonderful event to attend. The number of folks you're going to meet there, uh, the great folks, and you're going to get a chance to rub uh, rub elbows with uh, with all of the all of the names in the shooting industry. And it's April twelfth to the fifteenth, and yeah, it's it's a great event. I mean, it's got. You know, a, a lot of industries there with the latest guns and, you know, knives and widgets and, uh, you know, there's, it's just a great event. Um, the people walking around, you know, I've been to a bunch of gun shows and I love going to gun shows. You meet a lot of good people walking around gun shows, but walking around an interannual convention is unlike anything because everybody there is just enthusiastic about the Second Amendment, you know. Uh, it's awesome, you know. And like I said, you might you never know who you're going to run into, you know. Um, I, Ollie North sometimes will walk up and down the halls, uh, you know, Wayne LaPierre or the president of NRA, you know, uh, executive vice president. Um, there's – Ollie North is one of my heroes. Yeah. Yeah, he's a pretty cool dude. Uh, I've, I've had the good fortune of meeting him, and uh, he's an incredibly charismatic guy. I mean – he walks in a room and everybody's like, "Oh, <laughs> he's he's so nice," and he firmly believes in the Second Amendment and our servicemen and women. I mean, he is just a genuine, awesome guy. You know, can't say enough good things about him. But there's, you know, Ollie is special. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of special guys walking up and down the aisles there. You know, um, absolutely. Some of them you'll recognize, and some of them you won't. Some of them, are, you know, me and you. So, uh, right, but every almost every person there is going to be someone that you should meet, that you should stop and shake their hand and find out about them. Stop at all the uh, all the different booths. There's tons of products there. There are tons of folks. Uh, everybody's always wondering about what they can do. Yeah, I want to I want to help preserve. Uh, our freedoms, our liberties, but what can I do? What can I do as one person? Well, that's a, this is a great place to figure that out. They will help you yeah. because you won't have to be one person anymore. You can be part of uh, part of many of the different groups that are out there. And I tell folks all the time that uh, that the president, the congressmen, the senators are not the government. The the alphabet acronym agencies are not the government. The government, it's very clearly written, are the folks that are standing around me at an Appleseed event. We the people of these United States. Yeah, now, you're right, man. That, what comes with that, though, is a responsibility. It's a non-delegatable, a non-retiring, a non-ending responsibility for each and every person to uh, to safeguard the freedoms and liberties that they enjoy by virtue of their being citizens of this nation. So so there is a debt that you carry with you that has to be paid. There is no free ride in this nation. So everybody needs to figure out a way to pay their share. I'm not going to tell you you've got to be NRA or you've got to be Appleseed or anything that else. That ain't the fair share well we've been hearing about either. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but you've got to figure out some way. To, to shoulder your part of the responsibility, you have to. I mean, it, it it is your sacred responsibility. This nation would not be here were it not for folks who understood that and who shouldered that responsibility. We owe the folks uh, from April nineteenth, seventeen seventy five, all the way till now. There's an unbroken line of patriots 
uh, many of whom have paid the ultimate price. And we owe a debt that we cannot repay. But we can uh, we can work on it by shouldering our portion of the responsibility for safeguarding the freedoms and liberties. So we, we owe it to our, our children. I know you've got children. I've got five daughters. There is Ooh. no way in Hades that I want to hand them a nation that is raggedy, that's got four flat tires and, uh, uh, and, and, a, and a busted radiator. I, I can't do that. I, I have to hand them a nation uh, that is in good repair, that's in better condition than when I got it. And, yeah. and that's all of our responsibilities. Yep. I want my kids' kids to to be able to enjoy the same kind of freedoms that we have and uh, and be able to take their kids to the range and uh, and shoot and have fun underneath a beautiful uh, sunny day, you know, because that's what life's about, man, getting outside and having fun and with your family, you know. Um, well, we've got, we got a question from somebody. I think that I don't remember if this guy came on earlier or not, but but we, uh, Trey answered your question earlier, but I'm going to read it to him again so that uh, so that he can uh, tell you again. Uh, this is one of the guys in the, in the chat. He's saying he understands that that you guys unveiled the prototype of the uh, National Defense Match at Camp Perry by invitation. Mm-hmm. He says, but when are they expecting this to filter out to the local ranges? And that's kind of what he said uh, just earlier. But uh, if you can just give him a real quick rehash of that uh, that answer. Well, I mean, you know, I, I kept uh, the design of the match, you know, closely at heart if you want to look at it that way. Um, in the development, I was trying to develop something that was really good. And then I, when I was ready, I was going to let it out. Well, Perry was, we let it out, you know. Um, now, I, for a number of different reasons, I could only get so many people through the match. Um one of which was I was using electronic targets. Um, the electronic targets are great, but we just we didn't have enough of them yet to do. I mean, because I'm sitting there on a range where I can run a hundred firing points. I only got six targets. You know, six, six of these electronic targets. So um, I could only run sixty people. If I had a hundred electronic targets, I could have run what more than I got. 600 people, whatever. Um, so that was one of the, the reasons. Plus, I really I could have run more through what I had, but I wanted to keep control of the first time. Right. Yeah. Right. I know. I understand. I, I think what he's more asking is, uh, and like I said, we, well, I think we answered this earlier. He was saying, when when will it be expected to spread out from uh, from Camp Perry and start hitting the rest of the ranges? And what uh, what Trey said earlier, he said it's out there now. And that uh, he put out his email, and he said you give him a uh, send him an email, and he will help you get it started at uh, whatever range that's uh, close enough for you to and that's willing to to put the event on. That's right. Yep. So it's out. It's running, and we're looking for more people to run it uh, and bring other people to the range shooting. Well, listen, I know that. uh, I know that when you and I talked a little bit earlier, you said uh, you sent me an email and you said two hours, man. Do I have to talk for the whole two hours? <laughs> we're we're just about there. Yeah, we're just yeah. about there. And I, I would be still willing to pick your pick your brain for another hour. Yeah. But I know you gotta you've gotta go and I wanna tell you how much I appreciate Trey, you taking the time to uh 
to uh, to speak with us and let us know about your history, about the history of a tactical rifle program and the National Defense Match. And we're really looking forward to, to hearing more about it. Listen, would you mind coming back on the show in another six months or so and talk uh, about this again? Absolutely. I'd love to. Um, and, Michael, I want to thank you guys and the Appleseed Project, too, for having me on. And, uh, you know, I, I have really enthusiastically been into the Appleseed Project. I think you guys are doing a great thing out there, and I fully support you personally. Um, I, I, and, again, I, I really thank you for having me on to talk about uh, shooting sports and uh, the NRA and the Appleseed Project and uh, Second Amendment and, and keeping everybody safe. All right. Thank you, too. Listen, God bless you. Watch over you and, uh, and keep your uh, keep your stiff upper lip uh, over the next couple of years and keep pushing this through. I know from our conversations that uh, that there is a lot of new stuff uh, headed down the pike for uh, for all of you folks in the NRA and uh, all of the Americans that are going to benefit from that. So thanks, thank you very much. Tell your wife I said thanks too. And uh, <laughs> right. thanks, brother. I appreciate it. All right. You have a good evening. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. That was uh, Trey Tuggle, head of the uh, National Rifle Association's Tactical Rifle Program, and uh, also. Uh, uh, he has uh, put together the national defense match for uh, for American shooters. Uh, I'm sure they could shoot it anywhere, but uh, this is a really a great program. If you considered uh, competitive shooting, but you didn't, you weren't sure. Pardon me. You weren't sure how to get started, or uh, or you thought maybe it was going to be. Uh, you don't have to deal with the uh, the push carts and pushing your uh, your cart full of uh, supplies and stuff like that uh, around and uh, and shooting at the matches and 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 having to deal with people who are looking down their nose at you because you don't have the right equipment or you don't know the rules or or you can't uh, you can't hit the uh, the ace of spades at a thousand yards etc. This is where you. This is where you do it. This is where you get started, and and it's not a static dry course. I mean, it's uh, it's really a pretty fun course. It's it's just a ticket. If you want to get out there and you want to start shooting, and you can shoot any rifle. Uh, I plan on shooting my Garand in the uh, the national defense match, and uh, you can shoot any rifle in it. Uh, you can uh, keep it down to the uh, the hundred yard. Uh, stages, and you can uh, uh, you can shoot your uh, 22 in it. So, so I uh, uh, I would really uh, advise you guys to. Uh, he, Trey gave out his uh, his email, and uh, he said, you know, email him. Uh, you want to get these things started? Email him. Uh, he'll send you his phone number. You guys can talk about it and get the matches started up for you locally. Because it's a it is a really great match. It doesn't take a lot of time. It doesn't take a lot of target. It doesn't take a lot of distance. Uh, all right, we've got, uh, we've got a few minutes left. We've got time to take a, a caller here. Uh, Area code 859, you're on the air. Hi, Scout. This is Unbridled Liberty from Lexington, Kentucky. Hey, Liberty. It's good to speak with you again. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing fine. How are you? 
uh, done just fine. I just had a great chat with uh, with Trey Tuggle, and I, I thought you had some questions. Is that what you're calling about? Yeah, I, I missed his email address. I want to thank you, first of all, for having him on. And Well, first of all, thank you for having the show and hosting it, but thanks for having him on. And I just wanted to talk to him a little bit about their adaptive uh, shooting program. I had some interesting things there that he brought up, and I missed the email. Okay, hold on a second. Let me let me pull it up. I since I was working without uh, without my call screener tonight, I wasn't able to get a bunch of stuff in. But I, I'm going to look at my email program here, and I can pull it up, and I can I can give this to you. Okay, ready? It is T Tuggle T T U G G L E at N R A hq.org Got it. Thank you very much. Let me see if I can and copy it real quick and I'll pop it into the chat too if anybody else wants to uh, to get okay. it. Okay, go ahead. Well, I just want to give a shout out to uh to some of our uh instructors uh down uh in Cave, the Cave City area of Kentucky. We've got a new range, uh brand new range down there. We're going to have a shoot on the fourth weekend in March. We want to make a good impression, and they're doing a tremendous job with promotions. Uh, we're down to only four tickets left for that shoot, which is fantastic. And uh, that is uh, Calfret. He's uh, he's going to be the shoot boss and train, Chuck S. And uh, Big Skinny, who's actually not even uh, he's not even officially a blue hat yet. And he is in my mind because he's been helping them out a lot down there. So. Uh, great job to everybody down there. Um, and I also wanted to real quick uh, just mention a, a project we've got going on right now. Um, I'm calling it the uh, press release bomb. Um, kind of, you know, the the, uh, the candidates, you know, uh, the presidential candidates have these uh, money bombs occasionally. That's where I got that term right, from, press right. release bomb. Uh, nothing subversive. It just, uh, just goes back to that. But what we're uh, what I did is I got a list from a, uh, a PR professional uh, of 188 um, sports and outdoor writers in Kentucky. She pulled this list for me. I submitted a press release to her, and she she fixed it up for me, made it look real nice and professional, and uh, and gave that back to me. So um, on Tuesday morning, uh, the 28th, we're going to send out 188 press releases. The, all these individuals all over Kentucky, and I've asked all the instructors to take ten, just ten email addresses uh, to, to help out with that, just to spread the load out. So um, hopefully that's going to come up without a hitch on Tuesday morning. But I got two slackers, Scout. I got uh, two, two instructors who uh, are not doing that, and I, I don't understand why. Um, I called them up to find out what's going on, and, and they're in Florida getting ready to go on a cruise, a uh, honeymoon cruise to the Caribbean, and they said that they weren't going to do it. And I, I don't know what to do with them, Scout, but give me some advice. But tell them you'll tell them you'll give them a pass if they'll uh, set up a uh, set up a uh, an apple seed on the cruise. Oh, that'd be that'd be. Pretty awesome, but anyway, uh, just uh, congratulations to JPL and Les Moore for their uh, their recent uh, wedding. And um, and anyway, uh, that's that's uh, bringing you up to date in Kentucky here. And thanks for the email address, and uh, and I'll get off here for you. 
All right. All right. Thank you very, very much. God bless you, Liberty, and thanks for the job that you guys are doing out there. Uh, I want you to know how much I appreciate it, how much the program appreciates it. All right, we got 19 seconds left. Uh, I'm going to uh, to uh, play the music from uh, Poker Face to run us out of here. We'll see you next Thursday night, 7 p.m. Central. Thanks, everybody. God bless and keep you all. Good smoke, why am I?